Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the For Sale is Real Estate. Uh, it's 2022, so we have this beautiful thing called uh, COVID going on. So we're not in a studio. We're actually at home or in the office doing this little recording, hence why you're doing it, uh, why you're seeing it this way. Anyways, this, I'm Nathan Graham. I am a real estate agent. I'm a broker. Uh, and this is Stevie Susi, Sosi, Saucy. You had it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> basically listed off every every way that it gets pronounced though on like a daily basis. So. <laughs> yeah. I I just waiting for like Sirachi. We're just gonna have fun with that one too. Well, you know like, what I yeah. you know what I actually get all the time, believe it or not, is people always think it's sushi. sushi. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, you know how sushi's spelled. That's not how it's spelled. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I get it well, all the time. It's kind of like the the Siobhan, like when Siobhan yeah. is spelled S I O B A N or something along those lines. That's my other favorite one. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let's actually talk about real estate today. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've talked a lot about education. Um, and, and one thing, actually, I want to quickly caveat something. I want to apologize in advance. My internet connection at home is usually fairly good, but today seems a little bit iffy. So you might see a little bit of delay and blur, and I apologize for that. Um, so we, we often talk about uh, about what to look for in a brokerage. Um, today, we want to do something a little different. We actually want to take you through four skills of real estate. And if, if you are a brand new agent or if you're an agent that has been in the industry, um, I say agent. My, my law teacher would be hitting me over the head for that. If you're a realtor, agent's the brokerage, by the way. If you're a realtor that has been in the industry for a while, um, then maybe these are some skill sets that uh, haven't really been introduced to you uh, or something like that. So anyways, we're going to talk about four skills of real estate. Um, sound good? Yeah, let's do right. it. Perfect. So when we talk about the four skills, uh, we want to talk about skill number one. Now, I'm going to be periodically sharing my screen. And let's see if I can get this done right here. There we go. Um, so this is just iPad fun technology. I want to talk about skill number one, and that is your big why. Uh, Stevie, I know I'm putting you on the spot because we didn't prep for this at all, but what is a big why and what's your big why? Um, so my big why, mine's, I, I would say my big why is actually um, a, a bunch of little whys added up to a big why. Um, so I can't necessarily say uh, one straight out. Like a lot of people have a very clear defined one where it's like family or it's, you know, money or whatever it is. Um, mine's kind of a bunch of different little things, but I'll give you one example. And my, mine is financial for sure of, of just um, having financial freedom and um, not having to worry about, you know, what that looks like for myself or my future, my kids and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. I'm writing this down. Your big why is really the reason why you get out of bed to do this business. Now, there's this really funny thing that happens when we ask this question, and I want to kind of give some food for thought around this, because I always used to struggle with my big why, and there's a good chance you may not know it. Um, a lot of times people say, like, well, my big why is my kids. I really hope if that is your big why, you have a very successful real estate career, because that is the reason why you work. That's what pushes you through the things you don't want to do. And mm -hmm. if you don't have a very successful career, maybe your big why might not be your kids. I just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have you heard that one much at all, Stevie. The big why being family kids. Yeah. One hundred percent. And actually, just on this note to clarify, because 
Um, I also struggled to find my big why in the beginning, because as a, a new realtor, when I joined, I was 21 years old. I didn't have children or anything like that, um, at, you know, and I still don't, but I didn't. So when I was always getting asked what my big why was, it wasn't always super clear cut. Like it was, I knew I wanted to make a lot of money. I knew I wanted to be successful. And one thing that I actually learned as time went on and I, you know, went through the business a bit more and I actually started in coaching. Um, my coach actually helped me discover a little bit more of what my big why is and what actually drives me. And I discovered, like most realtors, I am driven a lot by ego. And um, so, believe it or not, I actually discovered in myself that that financial why and that thing that you're I'm working for, like money, actually will only take me so far. There's a point where money will no longer drive me. What it is for me after that is if I'm being completely honest, I am someone who wants to be recognized in the real estate industry as, as someone who is worth, you know, listening to, who is successful enough that people would want to learn from me and where I'm, you know, I can give advice and help others and do all that. Um, and that actually drives me more than anything. So that along with the money aspect of it, um, that's actually my big why is I guess being somebody worth mentioning. I, I don't know. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I, I love that you said that because I've had this big why conversation and taught classes on it so much. And and every time you get these like little financial motivations, like financial freedom, it's a great big why. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Being free is fantastic. Um, owning that car, owning that house. These are a lot of times or they'll go to family and everything. I love how you said ego driven because uh, a big part of my big why, if I really want to get honest about who I am, yeah. is to prove everybody wrong. Like, yeah, I just don't want to be what everybody in my my youth expected me to be right yeah and so that is a big drive i love how you talked about that significance to be someone who is listened to to be to be a person in the industry um i i was joking around about that wanting to prove everybody wrong revenge is a great motivator and i don't mean revenge as a taking someone down i mean revenge being like what this is what you thought i was now look at me now which, by the yeah. way, is a great song not to listen to when your kids look at me now. That pumps me up before every listening. <laughs> but, um, okay, so so really, you're in, so going with your big why. This is also going to tie into some monetary goals um, and, and what that looks like. So this is going to be a funny part of the industry. When we talk about your big why, and we're also talking about monetary goals. Um, money is the reality of our industry. And look at this. I see I messed up technology already. You got to love that. Um, money is going to be a big part of, of what the reason why we drive. And that ego is based off a financial aspect. So I want to back up. I kind of lost my train of thought for a little minute there. And I want to kind of get this going. So in real estate, we have a very twisted view of money. I don't know if you would agree with this, Stevie, but like, it's like really the only industry that you could make $250,000 a year gross and still feel like you failed that year. <laughs> Right. And still feel like you haven't achieved your goals. So be very clear. One thing I want to say is as you look at your big why, yes, it can be ego driven. It can be family driven. It can be however driven you want. Don't um, don't compare yourself to somebody else in that big why, though. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Right. That yeah. is the best advice I can give you. So when you have a monetary goal, when I before I got into real estate, the most I ever made was thirty thousand dollars a year at any job. So every once in a while, when I'm beating myself up for a particular not hitting an income level or an income goal, I just remember back to who I was then or who I was last year or the year before. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And that's the exact mindset you need to have at the end of the day, you are only in competition with yourself. It is about being 1% better every single day. And on the note of, of the way money is so weird in the real estate industry, it's also one of the only industries where people like ask it, like what you make is so known and out there and people feel comfortable asking you what you made when in any other industry, if you ask someone what they, what they're, what they made last year, that would be so inappropriate. Excuse me. <laughs> I have a frog in my throat, but um, in the real estate industry, it's like fair game to like ask about people's finances mm -hmm. and stuff. So it is a really weird thing for sure. I love it. It is funny how true that statement is too. Um, how like, like it's almost like the source of pride. Like, what'd you make last year? Well, I made a hundred grand. You one fifty. You two hundred. By the way, if you ever want a really funny quick thing in real estate, sorry, Stevie's just dying here. Yeah, it's I good. have a frog in my throat. I can't get it out. <laughs> if you ever want to know a really funny thing in real estate, uh, old mentor of mine once taught me this. Whatever somebody says they made or how many deals they did, cut it in half, and that's actually reality. The funny thing yeah. is my mentor back in the day used to tell me how many he did. And then I actually learned how to figure out stats. And that was pretty accurate. You just had to go. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So number one, know your big why. Know your monetary goal. Um, monetary goals. Please don't compete with other people. Figure out what you want to live to live comfortably. Um, there's another fun stat I want to quickly share with people is they have proven that when it comes to making money, money provides happiness to the level that you're comfortable with. Um, so in my bill structure, for example, if I made... 80 to 100,000 a year, my family, we could be comfortable. We wouldn't lose our house. We wouldn't lose our vehicles or anything like that. Anything over and above that, yes, is gravy, but it doesn't bring you happiness. Um, that doesn't bring you fulfillment. So when you work out those monetary numbers, look at what you need to make to survive and, and help that also guide your goal. Mm -hmm. All righty. Okay. Number two, skill number two. Let me go back to sharing my screen here. This is, uh, you probably heard us talk about this one. Lead Gen Daily. Yep. And by the way, people, I cannot spell at all. So you're going to, if you are one of those high personalities that hates bad spelling, you're going to hate me doing this. Stevie, what does Lead Gen look like daily to you? Lead Gen Daily for me is, um, well, it was, I shouldn't say this anymore, but door knocking every single day from about 9.30, 9.45 till about noon, 11.30 noon every day. Every day, same time, nothing, nothing, nothing gets in the way of that. It is protected. So let me ask you, okay, so it's like 10.30, you're out door knocking and you're in between houses and a client calls and says, Stevie, I want you to come over right now to list my $2 million property. Um, if you don't make it here in a half an hour, though, I'm going to go with uh, that that handsome realtor, Nathan Graham. So you have to be here in a half an hour. What do you do? Well, it's a trick <laughs> question, by the way. I'm like completely trying to trap you. Trick question. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to say that in that situation, I would, I would say, sorry, I'm unavailable. I can do this time or this time. Mm -hmm. However, if they were actually giving me an ultimatum of if not, I'm listing with this person, I probably would go. But um, normally, if it's really if it can wait, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. I can do, you know, today at two o'clock or tomorrow at, you know, six o'clock, whatever. Now, I want to propose one step even farther, and this is why I'm completely trapping you when I ask this question is, most people would respond exactly the way you did. The question yeah. I would have, why are you answering your phone during lead gen time? This is how protected your lead gen needs to be. You need to shut off that phone. You need to take off Facebook. Now, the way people operate is 
Um, why does this keep going to an eraser? Anyways, um, if here's your start of the day and here's your end, the way our energy levels work is as we go, if this actually decides to work out, we lose energy, lose energy, but then we see this end of the day and we get this big spike up, right? And all of a sudden we get energy back. This is why breaks throughout the day are so important because you can always do these little breaks. That way you see the end of the break, spike energy up, and it keeps you at a higher productive level. So as an example, back in the day when I used to do cold calling, I would cold call for 50 minutes and then take a 10-minute break. Cold call for 50 minutes, take a 10-minute break. Call call for 50 minutes, take a 10-minute break. And as I'm here at home, I kind of follow that same structure because I have a little one running around. I will lead gen, I'll do my work, then take a break and engage with her. Then come back, lead gen, do work, take breaks and engage with her. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to quickly say is lead generation is a numbers game. So I always look at doing 20 contacts a day. That's the, the magic. Now, this is a contact. If I knock on a door and I say, hi, my name is uh, Nathan Graham, and they slam the door on my face, that's a contact. I engaged in a conversation with somebody brand new that is based off of real estate, right? Now, if I get 20 of those a day, that'll be 100 a week. That will give me seven to eight leads. Seven to eight of those 100 slam doors will put up their hand and say, I want to transact in real estate in the next three, six months to a year. It is somebody you'll be able to add to your database and feed. Does that make sense to everybody? Hopefully not. Yep. Okay. <laughs> now with that, adding it to the database, this is why it's so important is I always get this analogy of Pac-Man. You guys remember old school Pac-Man. Pac-Man is your database and all those little pellets are the leads that Pac-Man is, is now feeding. The reason why you want to feed your database is because one out of every 10 people in your database who's on a proper touch program will do business with you. Okay. Now, when we say proper touch, our language is we do a 33 touch. That means we, between phone calls, newsletters, client events, emails, happy birthdays, um, random Popeyes. We are doing 33 of those for every person in our database throughout a year. Okay. That'll give us one out of every 10 deals. So let's say, Stevie, your goal is 24. I'm going to challenge your math. You want to do 24 deals oh, a year. Don't challenge my math. I'm not good. I know you can probably tell me two and a half percent of any number, but okay. If we want to do 24 deals a year, how many people do we need in our database? Uh, 40. Yeah. There you go. 240. Okay. <laughs> So this is where I'm actually going to need a calculator. So let me just pull out my phone, which will be my calculator here real quick. So if I'm looking at 240 leads and I'm getting seven to eight leads a week, so I'm going to divide by seven. Whoops, 240 divided by seven equals 34. So in 34 weeks, I will have enough people in my database to do 200 or to do 24 deals throughout that year. Now, 24 deals, what's, um, what's uh, we're in like north of Toronto, what's the average uh, sale price right now, by the way? Oh, well, that's changing on a daily, but I believe it's- the low stuff. Okay, I was gonna say, I think it's 800 and something. Um, Do you wanna just say 800 then? Go, go, yeah, you can go 800, yeah. Yeah, 800 sounds like a good one. I've yeah, used higher, I've used lower. Yeah, I was gonna say, cause I think it's actually closer to nine, like it's high eights, but um, yeah, go 800. Yeah. So 800, I don't know why I chose that number. That's like the only number I don't know 2.5% of. So 800 times 0 0.025.
So, oh, that should have been easy. So that's an average of, um, whoops, two and a half percent. That's a $20,000 payday, obviously less your fees and all the rest. So if you want to make $200,000 a year, you need 100 people in your database because you need to do 10 deals, which means you need to work for roughly three months. This is an economic formula that if you push through. Now, um, CB, in your experience, how many people are actually getting 20 contacts a day, every single day? Um, very rarely will you get 20 contacts every single day. Mm -hmm. This is where if you're newer or if your business is struggling, this will make or break you in this skill. Mm -hmm. You need to make those 20 contacts a day um, to be able to succeed in real estate. It has mm -hmm. to happen. If you don't, you're, you're just going to have a subpar business. Yep. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that part before we move on, but lead gen is no, so no. important. Oh, I yeah, I would just agree that that's exactly it is that. And and you can look at it two different ways. Like Nathan, for example, you you have always traced contacts. I have, I've, I haven't. I've always done it different, like with door knocking. It's always been 100 doors a day. Um you, you, you start to learn like in certain areas and stuff, your averages of how many contacts you do generally get, how many open doors you get, you know, whatever. Um, but like the way that I always traced it was just a hundred doors a day. And with a hundred doors a day that we would usually average at least four uh, leads a week. And with four leads a week, you know, you get this awesome. many X, so on and so forth. And you start to learn your own averages of conversion and all that. Um, but the point is, is that it's a consistent number daily. And, and that's I, what feels like. I love it too, because you, and you also know those numbers, you know, that if you do a hundred doors, you're going to be averaging four leads mm -hmm. every single week, which is going to average you 16 leads a month, which even at a very, very, like a 1%, what was it? 10% is what? 1.6. So at like a 20% close ratio, there's your 24 ends a year. If you only close 20% mm -hmm. of them, we only close two out of those 16. So one last thing, actually, before I move on, and I was thinking about this, Stevie, as you were chatting, a lot of times when we come to lead generation, you're going to be a new agent. And you're going to be like, ew, what's this cold calling and door knocking stuff that they're talking about? Listen, I I've lead generated in pool halls. I've lead generated in bars. I've lead generated in client events. I have lead generated almost every lazy way you can think about. Um, I love lead generating during golf. Here's the problem. I golf with three strangers, maybe whenever I go out for four hours. How am I going to get 20 contacts that day? So first things I'm going to say is no matter what way you look at um, lead generation, you had to get 20 contacts a day. I do not care how that is. It is 20 contacts. If you can find a way to do that at a bar, then go to a bar every day and get 20 contacts. Treat that like a business. The second mm -hmm. thing I'm going to say is listings lead. So if you look at open houses, which yes, theoretically produce both, but primarily produce buyers. If you look at internet leads, which are these are very internet, are very easy ways of lead generation, internet leads, social media, they are typically providing you with buyer leads. The internet leads are people searching for homes to purchase, not for someone to sell, typically. If you look at something like cold calling and door knocking, you get listings. The advantage to a listing is A, um, it's not nearly as much work. You're not out for hours showing like tons of homes. B, you'll get sign calls and C, you can leverage it for more business. You cannot do that with buyers. So as you're picking your forms of lead generation, try to consider being listing based. Mm -hmm. And also too, like, like, uh, like you said, there are many different ways where you can lead gen and however you choose to lead gen, like whatever, 
but it has to be something that's measurable. You have to be able to track it and trace it. So, you know, you have to, you have to be able to trace either how many contacts you've made, how many attempts you've made, like whatever it is. Um, it just, it has to be measurable so that you can actually see it off, like, you know, to create a, a business and a business plan and everything out of it. So as, as awesome as it is to see your face on that bus stop in your first year, do not do that. That is not measurable. That is like, that is just ego. I know ego sometimes is our big why, but that is just straight up ego on that one. Um, yeah. At a different point in your business, when you're doing a lot of business and you're farming an area, then it becomes recognition. And that's a different conversation. But your first mm -hmm. year, you are not building recognition. You, recognition. you just want to get those deals done. Get out there. Hustle. Okay. Yeah. Number three, uh, scripts. So scripts and using influential language. Now, this is a very controversial thing. I remember back in the day, I told my parents that I was scripting. And they, they used to say things like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that you're manipulating me then. And it's true. Some scripts, if used wrongly, can be forms of manipulation. Just think of pickup lines at a bar. Straight up <laughs> manipulation. Mm -hmm. um, the scripts that we use and that we want to use help guide a process. Your clients or your potential clients are there to, are using you as a professional. They want you to guide them through a process because that is your job. You are professional. Um, when you use scripts, that's what you're using for. You're not trying to manipulate them into you being better. You definitely are not lying through them. If you're lying through them, then just get a different career because you're doing nobody any good. Um, these scripts are designed to help. So I might be doing a bit more talking here, but Stevie, do you have like your favorite? Okay. Actually, we'll get to your favorite script in a minute. Um, yeah. Sorry, let me pull this back up. Okay. So... First things first, before you start scripting, you need to learn how other people around you react. Um, and we're going to do this through the mirror match game. You have to put yourself into their shoes. So the mirror match game is where you match their tone of voice. You match the uh, pace of speed that they're talking. You match their body language. For example, if you notice, I sway a lot when I talk and I'm standing. Um, if, if you come into a client like that, you're going to want to sway a lot while you talk and you stand. Now, here is the perfect example of why you use um, this mirror match game to build rapport with people. Stevie, play this out with me. I don't know if I've done this with you yet. Imagine yeah. you're in a really, you've been in a busy Tim Hortons, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're in a busy, busy Tim Hortons and it, like there's a big long lineup. Everything's going absolutely crazy. The drive through is going nuts. People are like little mice behind the countertop trying to get all these orders orders and it finally comes to you and everything's go 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 and i turn around and they say sir what do you want and i go <sighs> you know i think i want to get the what's what's actually good here okay did you just want to punch me in the face yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reason, the reason why I love this example, and let me go back to the two screen, is because we were out of rapport. There was a way of speaking. There was a way of acting that I just stepped out of completely, and I no longer confined to the current environment I was in, or especially the people I was with. That feeling you get in your stomach, that knot, that you wanting to punch me, if you feel that feeling, it means you're out of rapport with the person across from you. And if you're not matching their body language and you're not matching their tone of pace, then 
that will put you out of rapport. Um, and, and then that that feeling will exist while you're trying to serve them. And as you can probably attest right now, Stevie, that's not a very good feeling if you're trying to serve somebody. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that you have to think about is, okay, so when you think of, of, of fast talkers, um, and just quickly, Stevie, give me some jobs that are usually associated with fast talkers, people who talk quick. Weather reporter. <laughs> Weather reporter. What else is there? And don't be or, nice about it. Sorry, I, I, weather reporter wasn't a news reporter is actually like yeah. a news person is what I was getting at there. Not weather reporter, yeah. but um, I'm trying to think, um, I don't know, oh, an auctioneer. Um, auctioneer. Yeah, auctioneer is a good one. Um, I don't know. My fast favorite one, I'm going to say used car salespeople are often considered oh, fast yeah. talkers. Yeah, things like that. Okay. So again, I know you're usually an extremely nice person but I want you to not be so nice. We're going to take off. What happens when you run into somebody who talks like really slow? What, what do you think of that person that just it talks? Makes me, it makes me uncomfortable. Makes I'm, you uncomfortable. Yeah. What are some other descriptive words you'd use for a slow talker or initial thoughts? Remember being nice is not the position here. <laughs> um, probably like I would think of them as, uh, I don't know if this is, the, I don't know if this is the right word, but I was going to say like a pushover if they're a slow talker, a pushover. Like, there we go. <laughs> like not, you have no backbone. Like, I don't know. You're, you're too like, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know the words. Right. So I love it. Um, I, that wasn't what I was going for. That even, what were you even going better. for? What okay. were you thinking? So, uh, well, unintelligent is typically okay. the response I get. Yeah, people yeah. are unintelligent. Push, push over, I have heard a little bit, right? Okay, so fast talkers are car salesmen and slow talkers are unintelligent. So what I want you guys to think about was when you meet somebody who talks slower than you, they probably think you're just trying to sell them something. And when you meet someone who's talking faster than you, they might think you're just a dumb pushover. This is why that mirror match game is also so important in building rapport with other people because it allows you to get onto the same level as them. And as much as I, I joke around about the being mean part, but the reality is we all make snap judgments right away. That whole first impressions concept, right? So the mirror match game, learning really quickly of their mannerisms is so important in rapport. This is what allows you to build a relationship and build confidence. And then you can actually explain proper procedures. And I'll give you an example. We call this a script on commission. Yet, I really, really want you guys to think about this. When people turn around and ask me, well, well, Nathan, can you cut your commission? Right? Like, so, like, Stevie would never do this. But Stevie's willing to do it for, four, for like, 3.5%, 4%. Uh, how come you're charging 5 and or 6% for your commission? This is legitimate, and I fully believe that me cutting my commission only hurts my client. And let me tell you why. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, there are three things that my commission is going to go towards. One, I have to pay my brokerage. I have to pay taxes. I have to pay all that sort of stuff. Number two, I have to market your property properly. I have to get the photography in. I have to get the online marketing. We have to get it wherever we need to get it, what your marketing plan looks like. And number three... I need to make a living and feed my family. So let me ask you, which part do you want me to take that away from? And then they'll go silent. And this is one of the very few times I'll actually break the silence because you know, don't really want to be the one to break the silence. I'll say, Mr. Ms. Seller, I know that's kind of unfair, but let's face it. The reality is everybody has to pay their brokerages and we have to pay taxes. And the other reality is nobody is doing this job for free. 
at all. So that only leaves one place if I cut my commission to take the money out of, and that has to do with marketing your house. And I know if I market your house, you are going to get tens of thousands, if I market it, market it improperly or don't market it at all, sorry, you're going to get tens of thousands of less dollars. Stats have proven this left, right, and center. So in the end, me cutting my commission only hurts you. It doesn't hurt me because it's coming out of money that I would have spent anyways. And I made a decision a long time ago in my career that I never want to put your house or your livelihood in jeopardy. Yes, that is a script. If you ask me that a million times, I'll say it the exact same way a million times. I also want to be very clear. I believe that full heartedly, 100%. Another thing I want you guys to think about, Stevie, have you ever dealt with a bad realtor? Yes. Or had a client deal with a bad realtor? Yeah. Has that realtor ever cost them money on a deal? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So really, because they're really bad at the job, it costs their client tons of money. Here's something else I truly believe. Whose fault is it that that person dealt with that realtor? Yours. This is another the, one of those tricks. You know, it's yours. It, it's your fault because you didn't, um, like, you didn't ensure that you were their realtor. You didn't yeah. follow up enough. You didn't, like, yeah. If you don't know your scripts and you don't know your report and you are a great realtor and you do not lead generate, it is your fault that they ended up dealing with a bad realtor. Now you might say, well, I never got a chance to get in front of them. Well, you could have, and I'm not yeah. saying you're going to save everybody, but I actually appreciate, I love it. This is like, we never even practiced this one. I love how we're in sync on this one. Um, in the end, it is 100% your fault. You need to get in front of people. You need to do a great job for them to give that service back. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite script, by the way? Do you have a script that you like, like a whole lot? Um, the commission, I wouldn't say I necessarily have a favorite. I would say the commission one, I, the commission one is obviously one that we deal with quite often of, of, uh, people asking to cut your commission. Um, I deal with it a little bit differently than you do. I usually go in when they say, when they say something along the lines of what you said, like, Oh, you know, Stevie's willing to do it for this amount. Like, can you, will you do that? Or why is yours this or whatever? The way that I usually go about it is saying like, you know, I can, I can t totally appreciate that. You know, it sounds like you obviously want to, uh, you know, net the most amount of money. Um, and I can appreciate you wanting to, you know, save some money in commission and, and whatnot. But my concern with anyone who is willing to cut the commission is, one, are they cutting the services that they're providing to you? Right. Like where where is that commission cut coming from? Much like you just listed off with this is where the money goes towards and what am I going to take away from there? Um, but two at the end of the day, that is the person that is doing the negotiating on your behalf. And if they were so easily willing to negotiate their own money, what are they going to do when it's your money on the line and they're doing the negotiating for you? You know, and that's that that one usually works really, really well. One thing I really want to point out, because I love that script as well. Both of these scripts have absolutely nothing to do with us. And I mm -hmm. want to be very clear, any good script, any good way of explaining something should not be self-serving. It should always have a benefit to the client, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of those big things. Okay, quickly, I'm going to share with you guys one more script. You guys are going to ask, wow, I wish we had access to these scripts. And you could. If you look down below in the description, you'll see a Discord server. I know I'm pushing Discord against Stevie. We are going to be practicing scripts in there. We have a lot of scripts that are going on into there. Um, it's a free thing to join. Please join it. 
shoot me a message with a realtor if you're a realtor up and coming and i'll get you access you can ask questions and i will give you scripts in that discord anyways one other great uh script just so you know if you're at an open house or if you're actually just running into a potential client this is another one of my favorite scripts is i would say things like so stevie is this how you're potentially looking at homes you're just walking into open houses and she goes yes and then she'll i'll say so do you have anybody who's actually helping you or is are you just doing this on your own and one of two things will happen they'll either say yes i have someone helping me or no i'm on my own and if they do say yes i'll say something like great um have you signed an agreement with them for the record if the answer to that is yes then you say thank you very much goodbye you cannot interfere with an agreement if they have not signed an agreement you say fantastic well the good news is going forward stevie every realtor you meet is going to apply for the job of being your realtor and i would like to as well now i operate a little bit differently i'm not going to sign you to this long-term contract just because we met each other i want to take you out show you a couple homes first show you how i operate and this is my job application process and at the end of showing you those homes if you decide that you like me and you want to work with me fantastic let's work together and if not that's completely okay too worst case scenario you got to see a few homes how does that sound again i want it to be where i want a commitment out of them eventually but they need to get to know me too a lot of realtors will try to just push contracts in front of your face or have this philosophy. And I'm not saying it's a wrong philosophy per se to say, I'm not going to show a house without a BRA signed. I'm just saying, question that. Maybe that might not be in best interest for your clients. Let them get to know you. Get to know, maybe you don't want to deal with them. By the way, it's just as hard to fire a client as it is for them to fire you. The day you point out to me in a BRA where you can fire your client is the day I'll change my mind on that. Um, Fun side note, by the way, there actually was a realtor once taking a task to uh, Rico and got fined for firing her client um, because there's not actually in the agreement. We cannot actually just arbitrarily fire our clients. But anyways, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just funny. We teach it all the time, but yeah, we can't always really do it. All right. So we're coming up time. So we're going to talk about our fourth big skill here. So number one was be accountable to your big why and your goals. Number two is lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Have we ever said lead gen enough? I don't think so. Number three. You can never say it enough. No. <laughs> number three, learn your scripts, learn how to guide people, become the professional you want them to be. And number four, be accountable to that big why and be accountable to those monetary goals. So what does this look like? We're going to talk about this beautiful thing called time blocking, right? In my current role, I have two jobs. One, I call people. Two, I follow up with people, right? So this is what my time blocking looks like. From 9 till 12, I am calling people. This is my prospecting hour. This is where I'm generating new people. Then I take a lunch because if you guys don't notice, I do like to eat, right? So mm -hmm. I take a lunch and I come back at 1. And then from 1 to 3, I do my follow-ups. I write my thank you cards. I um, connect with people that are currently in my database. This is where I connect with past clients or with any potential leads. And then after three o'clock is when I leave myself open for meetings, appointments, viewings, showings, anything else like that. Okay. Now there is a rule, as we talked about earlier, if I set a listing appointment and the only time is Thursday in the, if I set this up Monday, it's Thursday in the morning at 11 and that's my lead generation time. We do have a rule. If you erase, you must replace. Okay. So I wish to tell you that this was a perfect schedule. We always guided off of it. Um, I followed it. It does not happen that way. But if I erase one hour of my lead gen time that day, I am not adding it to the next day. I'm not doing it the day before. I'm adding it later on that day. When I am a good example of this is it did happen to me not too long ago. I went, had to show some houses in the morning, literally on my way home and back to the office. I actually just found a subdivision randomly, took business cards and door knocked that subdivision, right? 
if you replace, if you erase, you must replace. How does your schedule look like out of curiosity? Yeah, so mine, mine is almost identical to yours. Um, definitely lead generation from, like I mentioned, about 9.30 to, you know, 12, 11.30, 12, depending on what I'm doing. I also must take a lunch or else when I am doing my follow-up calls in the afternoon, I will be a nasty girl. So I have to eat or else it's not going to be good. Um, so Her then, office yeah, is beside mine. She needs carbs. <laughs> I need to eat. I get very hangry. Um, so yeah, so then, and then my afternoon consists of lead follow-up. Um, and then same thing, usually after about three or four, like getting into like the late afternoon evening is always reserved for appointments, um, like showings and appointments. And to touch on your, what you were saying as well is, you know, if, if you erase, you must replace, um, same thing. Like, again, obviously life gets in the way. The reason why we really, we really stress doing lead generation in the morning. And if you look at, if you talk to literally any like mega agent, like really successful realtor, their lead gen will always be in the morning. And the reason for this is because if you don't just do it first thing in the morning and get it out of the way, there will always be something that comes up in your day that will hinder you from doing it. And then it'll get put off and it'll be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. It'll happen to you day after day if you don't just get it out of the way. So that's one thing. Two, I literally do not schedule appointments in the morning. The only, 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 only exceptions are if it's literally some like a, um, a person who like works like night shifts or something like that. Like if they're like a shift worker and literally the only time they can do is the morning. Like obviously you're not going to give up the business. Um, and then other than that, the only other exception that I've experienced more than anything is usually when you already have a deal and a home inspection needs to be done. Sometimes because of the home inspector schedule, like the morning is literally the only time and you have to be present at um, home inspections. So that's again, one of the only exceptions that I will make because obviously that business that's already pre-existing, like you do have to take care of it. Um, but other than that, nothing gets in the way of lead gen time. So yep. I'm the same way. My day goes lead gen, lunch, lead follow-up, appointments, and um, showings in the evening. There's something I kind of want to touch on too. When I first got in the industry, I'm not, I am not a morning person. Like Stevie sees me in the morning now at 8 a.m. And that is like a an amazing um, revelation in my life. Never been that way. I used to find that when I forced myself to be in the office at 9 a.m., that my business would actually decline right now the reason why i'm sharing this is because i still protect my lead gen my lead gen was still the first thing i did i just changed it to 11 so it was 11 to 2 for the first few years of my business it was still that very first thing though right after that is when i'd follow up with my follow-up appointments right mm -hmm. um the other thing we call it eating your frog whenever you think about the things you don't want to do imagine you have like the best meal in front of you uh that you just it's going to be the best thing you ever ate but before you ate it you had to eat a frog, right? Or sorry, at some point in the meal, let me back up. Not before, at some point in the meal, you had to eat a frog. I always think the best time to do is eat the frog, get it out of the way, and then enjoy the rest of your meal. So hopefully that analogy comes to light when you're sitting there thinking about wanting or motivating yourself to get that lead gen done. Yeah. All right. Any other questions about that? Not Last for part. Me. Um, <laughs> As far as holding yourself accountable, if you do have a family, um, here's another issue that does happen in real estate um, when you're married and you have kids and everything else. 
we don't have set hours. So I, I've said this quite a bit. The best thing about real estate is you're your own boss. And the absolute worst thing about real estate is you're your own boss. We do not have set hours. Having said that, people don't often see us having real work. So because we don't have a, a office to go into or a boss that will fire us if we don't, a lot of times we'll get things from our significant others or from friends or family around us parents, everything else saying, Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Oh, you don't really have to be in the office or anything like that. Times time block. When you create your time block in your schedule, take that agreement to the people you need in your life. Let them know, Hey, listen, this is the time that I can work that I'm working on my business. And this is what's going on and make sure they're agreeing to it too. That way they know you're taking it seriously. And because you're doing that, when you are having your lead gen time and you're spending time away from your family for doing that, Make sure you're capitalizing on it. There is nothing worse than taking that time away and then not capitalizing on the time that's there. So, um, totally. yeah, that's just one of those big, big agreements. Um, I'm going to attach it into our Discord channel. I actually have a family member agreement. I'm just trying to quickly find it there. Um, it's an agreement that you can show your family members that they understand what your time blocking is and if you need to get them to sign it. Uh, because trust me, yeah. your your mother or mother-in-law or father and father-in-law will be asking you for stuff during that time. Yeah. All right. So I just want to wrap it all up. So these are the four things um, before I go to the thing. So again, number one, your big why. Think on this. As you go through your big why, understand not everybody knows what their big why is. It took me years to figure out what mine is. By the way, I never shared mine. Mine's curiosity. I always said like revenge was a great motivator. Curiosity is a fantastic motivator. Um, I, I kind of achieved things in life that I never thought I would ever achieve growing up. And then I exceeded that. And now I kind of have no idea how far I can actually go. So what drives me is that curiosity. Um, so figure out what your big why is, what your real, and be honest and true about your big why. Number yeah. two, and lead generation. Know, so yeah, sorry. Wait. On that note, sorry, just really quick. Yeah. I think a big why can often be, it's something that is mentioned in this industry a lot and just in like in life and stuff with goals. And your big why can be very like, it can be confusing because it's not always easily identified by everybody. So just know that, that your big why may not be something as simple as my family, money, this, that, a car, like whatever. It could be something just like what you just said, Nathan, like something a little bit more outside the box and broad. That is okay be honest with yourself on what your big why is and and just what thought is constantly in your head about like what's driving you and what you really want to get out of it because that is your big why and that is actually so important because that is going to be the core thing that kind of brings you back every time that you get off track and when things get hard so yeah and, and actually i want to touch on that too because with that monetary value uh this wasn't really a big why but a part of my big why is I always looked at what I used to think success was, right? And it was always fun kind of reaching those milestones of success. Like, for example, I used to think that successful people, all successful people drove convertibles. Like, yeah. if you drew, drew drove a convertible, especially a newer one, then you'd be successful. And sure enough, one year I bought myself a mini convertible that I had for three, four years. I remember driving that being like, huh. I don't feel that much different. <laughs> this is how I used to gauge success. Um, so... Like, just, just pay attention. Have some fun with those monetary things. Just pay attention to what those feelings happen afterwards, right? So, okay. Yep. 
Lee Jen, Lee Jen, Lee Jen. 20 contacts a day, 100 contacts a week will give you seven day leads. This is a mathematical equation. One out of every 10 people in your database that you touch on will provide business within 365 days. So it's an easy equation. A lot of times people get in this industry thinking it's up to luck. It is not up to luck. Now, I want to caveat something. Just because if you go and get 100 contacts, you might come back and say, oh, well, I only got two, two leads. Okay, maybe that was just a bad week. Maybe it's a scripting issue. We don't know why that is. What I will tell you is over a period of time, it averages to seven, eight leads. You might do one week where you come back with 20 leads out of those 100, which would be a fantastic week. So keep that portion in mind. I had something else to say there, but I completely lost it. Hopefully I'll come back to it. But okay, so lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Number three, scripting. Scripting is so important. I scripted for seven months every single morning with a guy named John Cahayas. I'm going to let him know I mentioned him in this, that he's going to be popular to the 34 people who'll see this video. Find a script partner, get a script book. Now, something we didn't really see, say this, you are using a script whether you think about it or not. It's not like you're walking up to a door thinking, okay, before I knock on this door, I want to clear my head of all words and I'm just going to go directly off the cusp, whatever pops into my mind. Mm -hmm. You are not doing that. You are using a script. And I hate to tell you this, your script doesn't work. It sucks. It really does. Otherwise, you'd be killing it in this industry. Learn yeah. the script word for word. Because I know it doesn't sound like you, but you and your script are not working. So therefore, you need to learn and train yourself to say new words. Learn it word for word. Once you have it memorized, once you have it eternalized, then start adapting it to yourself. Don't take the script right out the gate and start changing it. Do not, do not do that. That's a good point. And also to just on your point, I didn't say it earlier because um, you were saying about how, you know, sometimes people get this, uh, the wrong idea of scripts and that you're not being like genuine and stuff like that. And to your point, like you just said, you are using a script, whether you realize it or not, that is the, the, the truth. Because one thing you will come to uh, learn in the real estate industry is buyers tend to ask the same questions, you know, especially first time home buyers. They ask about, you know, minimum down payments. They ask about pre-approvals. They ask about, you know, whatever it is. Sellers tend to ask the same questions. You'll always get asked about commission. You'll get asked, you know, you'll get the same questions over and over and over again. And there's just a way you answer it. Like there's just an answer to it. And when you get asked the same question over and over again, and you answer the same way over and over again, that's a script. Like whether you realize it or not, it's a script. So um, you know, if you can, if you can find and adapt a script, an answer to a question that actually benefits and works better and, and moves the conversation in the way you want it to go, then what is the harm in that? Right? So mm -hmm. that's all it is. That's all it is. 99% of the time it's organic conversation. It's just scripts are in place to enter you into a conversation and exit you out of a conversation the way that you want to, and take the conversation where you want it to go. That's that's all it is. Yeah. And and it, you might ask me, does this ever end? I said I did it for seven months. Stevie and I are still on script classes twice a week now. Like there's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 830 to 9. We join another group of like-minded individuals and we script around our current job. So and it's been, I don't know about you. I've scripted. I'm, I'm very well scripted. It's been a huge help, a huge mm -hmm. help for just helping guide that process. So. Okay, so script, 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 script. Number four, hold to a calendar and get agreement from your loved ones about that calendar. Um, it, it just has to happen. If you don't dedicate your time to lead gen, 
then you don't get the leads. And if you don't get the leads, there's no point to scripting because then you have nobody to use it on. And if you have nobody to use it on, what, why even have a goal or a dream or a big why anyways? So that, that time blocking um, is so important. So, so important. And I cannot stress enough that these four things are where realtors fail. This is why one in five make it in the industry. The one will do these four things. And if you do them well, you'll be at a high level high high level yeah. so i just wanted to throw that portion of it out there um yeah any other questions at all i don't know any other comments i mean i think i was teaching yeah. yesterday any other questions while i'm at it yeah i know i know i can tell i definitely can tell you just taught ignite yesterday for sure but, <laughs> <laughs> but no um no i think yeah i think it's good and i 100 agree if you know these are very simple things that you can do and it will be the difference between you being successful or not especially as a new realtor so Awesome. So please, you're going to see in the description below, you can follow um, Stevie on the variety of social media. You can follow myself on variety of social media. You can follow both of us. Join the Discord server, like and follow our YouTube channel. We're going to be trying to come up with this at least once a week um, and we're going to be guiding it. If you have questions or a topic you want us to cover, please let us know. We've already had uh, some feedback from a few episodes ago. Uh, for something to cover and that's exactly what we did so we will listen to hear your feedback we are not big enough to ignore anybody yet yeah so yeah all right well i guess that's all for today that's so, all that's it that's stay stay safe out there good enjoy have fun and uh, we'll see you on the next episode see you next week